0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. A fisherman by profession, Peter dropped his nets, left his business, and became one of the 12 disciples who followed Jesus. Peter publicly denied Christ three times, but would later become one of the greatest apostles, church builders, and evangelists in the early church. doing today, church? Are we good? Hey, it's good to see you. And uh, happy 4th weekend. I know it's just a few days early, but happy 4th. Hope you got some plans ready to celebrate and hang out with some friends and family over the next couple days. But we're excited to see you in church. Will you do me a favor? Can we put our hands together for all of our locations and church online that's welcoming and joining in right now? We welcome you, and we're glad to have you. And uh, as you just saw right there, uh, we are in a series and have been for the last couple weeks called Unlikely Saints, and today we're talking about the character of Peter. And uh, over the last couple weeks, well, I'll just say this. Who's been in church maybe the last couple weeks and you've already heard one of the Unlikely Saints messages? Okay, awesome, like the majority of the room. And so what we've been doing just to set it up is we've been examining every week a different character in Scripture and uh, just figuring out, and finding for ourselves that God takes the unlikely and he can do the extraordinary with them. And so it is kind of dispelling all the rumors that God cannot use you, can't use me, and oh, I've done something, or I'm not good enough, or I didn't come from the right part of town or the right family, no, we're getting rid of all that because God takes the unlikely and he does extraordinary stuff. And so, if you have your Bible, why don't you go ahead and open up to the book of Luke. And as you're doing that, I'll just take a second to introduce myself. If I have not personally had the opportunity to maybe meet you, my name's Clay, and my wife, Bethany, and I, we serve as the Midtown Location Pastors. Uh, here at Celebration. And so we're, we're not at the arena every weekend, but whenever I get a chance to come here and teach, it's always a, a privilege. And I'm thankful for our pastors, Stovall and Kerry, for the opportunity that they extend to me and many others on our staff to share with you guys. In fact, Pastor Stovall and Kerry are traveling back from Zimbabwe today from our church that's in Africa. And so pray for them as they travel back. And Pastor is excited, he'll be preaching next weekend. and uh, as we just get closer and closer to serve day, pastor's gonna be bringing the word. So he'll be back next weekend and it'll be awesome. But right here in Luke chapter 22 is where we're gonna go. If you don't have a Bible, that is all right. Uh, We will have it on the screen to your left and to your right. If you don't have it because you forgot it, uh, you you can read on the screen. If you don't have one because you just literally don't have one, then you can also read on the screen. But before you leave here today, we would like to give you one and uh, make sure that you have one. So visit our Connect Lounge and we'd love to give you a, a free Bible. We think it's, an, it's important and so we wanna make sure everyone has one. But here in Luke 22, starting in verse 31, it says this, Simon, Simon, now he's talking about Peter, that's Peter right there. Okay, Peter kinda has a couple names, but Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. We're gonna look at a failure right here, kind of a mistake, a bad moment that happened in Peter's life in this passage of scripture. But here's what I wanna to say to us, church. Um, even though you and I may fail, don't let your faith in God fail. Well, we're gonna have moments of failure, but he, Jesus is telling Peter right in here, don't let your faith fail you, even though you fail. Let's keep reading, and when. Someone say when. And when you turned back strengthen your brothers. Now, I could have preached a whole message on but when. But when. You you know I could have. Don't act like I couldn't. Okay, so but when, right? Um, And and here's what I love about but when. Jesus is basically saying, look, you're all gonna fail sometimes, right? No one's perfect. He alone was perfect. Uh, you're, You're gonna fail. You're gonna make some mistakes. You're gonna do some things you wish you hadn't done. But when you come back, that's how much Jesus believes in us. It wasn't if not hey, and, and if, you, if you wander, No, when? Boy, Jesus is, he is for us. He's not against you. He believes in you. And when you come back, he has faith that you're gonna return even after moments of failure. Strengthen your brothers. But Peter replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you're going to deny three times that you even know me. And skip down to verse 54. Now Jesus is being arrested and it says, then seizing him, they led Jesus away and took him into the house of the high priest and Peter followed at a distance. Church, we often wander into disaster when we follow only at a distance. Here's Peter already. Like like Peter's having this like super Christian kind of moment. He's looking at Jesus, he's saying crazy stuff. He's like, Jesus, man, I'll go to prison. If we gotta go to prison, I'll go with you. Jesus, if we gotta die, Jesus, I'll, I'll die with you. I, Jesus, I'm ready, I'm all in this. And, and, and Jesus is like, really, Peter? Because you're gonna deny me three times before 24 hours even passes, right? And, and all of a sudden, Jesus gets put in chains and he's being drugged off. And now Peter's following at a distance. Disaster shows up when we only follow at a distance, right? May, Peter's realizing maybe he's not quite as all in as he had originally Thought right here, verse 55. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. Man, man I'm not, I'm, I'm not, Peter replied. And about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about, right? Three times. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Now imagine that moment, imagine that one. Here he is, Jesus said, you do it, now you did it. Three times, man, I, man, I don't know him, rooster crows, he looks across the street and Jesus is staring right at him. Almost like, a, man, you, I, you, you did. I told you you were gonna do it and you did it, right? Imagine, imagine what he feels. In that moment, and the the scripture says, at that moment, Peter remembered the word that the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. If you're taking notes for the next 18 minutes and 46 seconds, I wanna preach to you. It's short today. If you guys know me, this is gonna be a miracle. So uh, uh, I, I wanna preach to you on what I have entitled, That's Not Who You Are. That's not who you are. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. Let it sharpen us today. God, I pray that we would uh, hear things we've never heard before, get revelation of things that we've never known before. God, let us not just be hearers only. Lord, let us be doers of your word. I pray that you would lift the head of the discouraged today, heal the bodies of the sick, and restore in men those who are downcast and brokenhearted. God, we love you, and we lean into your word today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen, that's not who you are. Um, Let me ask you this question. Have any of you ever had a particular moment when you see something or hear something and when you see it or hear it, it reminds you of an event that has happened in your past, right? Has that ever happened to you? Um, Let me give you some examples. Maybe you hear a particular song and it just reminds you of high school, Right, you you hear it on the you're like, oh man, that was junior year. Man, that was the jam, junior year, right? And you hear the song, or or, or maybe you know you, you you see something, and as soon as you see it, like you, you go to a beach, and as soon as you see the beach, you're like oh man, it reminds me of this vacation that I had one time with some friends and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you even smell something like you like you smell food cooking, and it, and it reminds you of like grandma's house at Thanksgiving. Right, you just smell good. Does anyone have a grandma who can just straight up cook? Like your grandma is like the best cook ever. Someone asked me one time, why is it that like grandma's cooking is always the best? I'm like, it's simple. She's had 70 years to get it right, okay? So she ought to be, she ought to be the best by now. So, um, Right you you see things you hear things it reminds you right I think Christmas time does this to us right you start hearing christmas songs or seeing christmas movies on tv whatever it reminds you man christmas is coming this is a great feels good you know every time christmas rolls around this happens to me um whenever i see or see on tv the movie a christmas carol right the movie scrooge a christmas carol scrooge i am reminded of an event that happened back in middle school when i was in middle school my church at that time uh, we were doing this play this production in the church come around Christmas time and it was kind of like a Scrooge play but we put like a little churchy twist on it like Scrooge gets saved in the end it was like it's amazing right that's what churches did in the 90s and so um so, so we would do that, right? And, and But I was, here I am in middle school now and I was in the play, I had some speaking parts, I had some lines and, and at this particular time in middle school, I also had like a girlfriend that was also in the play with me. Now I say she was my girlfriend, we'd only talk like twice, but we were definitely dating. I mean, it was serious. And so here she is, right? And and, and so all, all week during these rehearsals, night in and night out, as everyone is there rehearsing, you know, I'm kind of, I'm doing my flirty thing. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my flirty thing. Hey, what's up girl, how you doing? Yeah, your man's about to go out here and perform you about to see. So, right, and I'm doing all of this. And, and there was this one night where in rehearsal, I say my lines, right, feeling good. You see, you see your boy, say the lines, all right. And then I was like, you know what, just before I come back out, I, let me run to the restroom real quick, off the side of stage. And, um, and our sound guys back then were not as good as our sound guys now. And so not only did I not turn off my microphone, but they didn't turn off my microphone either. And and, and so I go back, I'm I'm using the restroom and and everyone out in the rehearsal, in the auditorium is hearing everything that happens in the restroom, right? And so, and now you're probably thinking to yourself, well, Clay, like they probably didn't know it was you. There's no one would have known. No, I was saying and rehearsing my lines in the restroom. Everyone knew there was no denying it, like, right? Okay, It it was horrible. Absolutely horrible, and so needless to say, we were not dating, me and this girl, very long. No one wants to date, that freak. And so anyways, um, right? Every time I see that movie on TV, I'm reminded of that ridiculous story back in middle school. You know, I think we all have things like that in our life. You see it, you hear it, it reminds you of a previous event. A lot of times, those reminders are funny, Good memories, fun times, exciting things, but you know, sometimes we're reminded of things that aren't funny. Sometimes we're reminded of things that are sad, depressing days that have gone by or hurtful moments, painful moments when someone did you wrong or something happened to you, someone betrayed you, someone left you, someone abandoned you, and it brings back hurtful, maybe even regretful, shameful memories, right? And the Bible said right here in Luke 22, that Jesus is talking to Peter and Peter has one of these moments. Bible says that Jesus is in his last hours and Peter's saying, God, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, and Jesus looks and he says, Peter, uh, hold on a second, you're actually gonna deny me here in the next day or so, right, you're, you're gonna deny me. Peter's thinking to himself, there's no way, God, I would never do that. Jesus, I would never deny you. You, you can't be talking to me like James. He's talking to you, James. He ain't talking to me. I would, I would never, right? Sure enough, we read in Scripture the moment comes and Peter denies Jesus three times, and then the Bible says, all of a sudden, the rooster. <laughs> don't act like I wasn't gonna come prepared, <laughs> right? Right? The rooster crows. The rooster crows. Now, in order for us to understand this moment in Scripture, I, I think we have to understand the context of third world countries. Not just you know, third world countries, anything from Central America, the, the Middle East, places in Africa. If you have ever been to a third world country, what you know to be true is this. Roosters and chickens are everywhere. They are. They're everywhere. I've been several places and you'll find this to be true. They're everywhere. They're not just in like farmland out on the outskirts of a village. No, no, they are everywhere. They are in the streets all the time. And, and so the rooster does not just crow like early in the morning and when the sun goes down. The rooster crows all day long as it just meanders the streets of every town and every village. So, so watch this church. I don't believe it was just this one rooster that crowed that reminded Peter of his failure. But I believe every day, multiple times a day, as Peter is walking through the city that he lives in and he's getting up every morning and he's having lunch and he's going about his day, roosters constantly crowing over and over and over and over and over again. And every time he hears it, he's reminded that he failed. Now can you imagine being Peter? See, I think sometimes we read this scripture and we just think, okay, one crow, he felt bad, but then he got on with it. No, 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 it was crowing all the time, every single day. And he's reminded, every time he hears the rooster crow, something in him feels unworthy. Every time he hears the rooster crow, he's reminded of the horrible mistake that he made and how he failed Jesus. He's probably looking at himself saying, how could I have been so stupid? How could I have done that? Peter, gosh, how could you have done that? Church, have you ever been there? You ever ever been there? You ever been talking to yourself like that? How could I have been so ridiculous? Why did I do that? Have you ever been in that moment when you feel like you're just unable to move past something that you have done, something that you've said, something that you acted on? And here's what I know to be true. I've lived long enough to know this. The enemy, the devil, he will try to take something that you did and convince you that's who you are. This is what's happening to Peter, right? He'll try to take something you did and convince you that's who you are and the enemy wants to bring guilt and shame on your life, but you gotta understand there's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt comes from something that you did. Shame comes from something that you believe you are. The Bible says Peter goes and he weeps bitterly. I don't believe... Peter is weeping bitterly because of the guilt of him having a moment of failure. I believe he is weeping bitterly because of the shame that now he believes he is a failure, right? Take something that you did, shame wants to convince you that's who you are, right? I've learned that the devil's real strong point is not just temptation, it's accusation. He's good enough at temptation, I think he's even better at accusation. Once he gets you to do it, Boy, he just heaps shame on our life, doesn't he? The Bible calls him in Revelation chapter 12, the accuser of the brothers and sisters. You can read it right here. It says, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. And they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I believe today, church, that God wants to teach us how to triumph over the accuser. How do we get past these moments that keep crowing in our ear Every single day, how do we get past it? We're gonna triumph over the accuser. You see, the enemy wants you living in pain. The enemy wants you grieving. The enemy wants you in a low place. The enemy wants you living life in regret and shame and guilt and condemnation, completely unable to take a step forward. The enemy wants you so shamed that you don't even think you can pray anymore. You don't even feel comfortable approaching God anymore. Side note, have you ever noticed that sometimes when you know you should pray the most is often the same moment that you feel worthy to pray the least? That's what shame does. You know, I need to go to God. I need to take this to prayer right now. But but shame won't even let you because you feel worthy the least to pray in those moments. That's what shame is doing in our life. But I love what scripture writes to us in John 14 and 26. It says this, and you can see it. But the advocate, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything that I have said. Church, there is an accuser, but there's also an advocate. And what we have the choice to do in these types of moments of of failure and mistakes, just like Peter had to do eventually, you you get to choose. What voice do you wanna listen to? Do you wanna listen to the voice of the accuser or do you wanna listen to the advocate? You you actually get the choice. Now we can pray and we will pray and, and then prayer is good, but you can pray till you're blue in the face, but you still have a choice to make. Which voice are you gonna welcome? Which voice? are you going to dwell on? There's an accuser, but there's an advocate. And what scripture shows us is while the accuser is shaming, 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 the advocate is defending, defending, defending. While the accuser shouts disgrace, the advocate extends grace. While the accuser is looking at the father saying, look at the sin, look at the sin, sin, sin. The defender, the advocate is saying, no, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. Jesus took all the shame so that it can be lifted off of our life what voice are you going to listen to what voice are you going to pay attention to listen to me do not tolerate what jesus came to eliminate don't tolerate shame don't tolerate guilt god took all the whole why, why are you walking around with a coat of shame when jesus wore the coat for all of us On the cross, that's what the advocate does. The advocate stands before the father and says, no, I will defend, remember, dad, what I did on the cross. I I died, I covered that shame. I took care of that guilt. I took care of all that mess. Yeah, I see the failure, but he sees it through the lens of the cross. You have a choice. Do I listen to the accuser or do I listen to the advocate? You know, recently I was... uh, I was studying and reading a lot of material from Dr. Henry Cloud. And Dr. Cloud's actually gonna be with us in a few weeks here at Celebration, preaching our weekend services. And he's a brilliant mind, Christian psychologist and author, guy's a genius. And he talks about in some of his writings, the principle of the three Ps. And I think these three P principles apply perfectly to shame and what shame wants to do. I wanna give them to you right now. Number one is this, shame tries to be personal. Shame always wants to be personal, right? So so shame doesn't say, hey, you made a bad decision. Shame says you are a horrible person. That's what shame does. Shame wants to be real personal in our lives, right? Number two, shame tries to be permanent. You make a mistake, right? And And what shame will say is, man, you always do this. Oh, you, you always screw it up. You always mess it up. You're never gonna get past this. You're never gonna fix this. You always, always. It, shame wants to be permanent. And the third one is this. Shame always tries to be pervasive. In other words, shame will spread to every area of your life. Here's what shame says. Shame will come at you and, and shame says, man, you mess up Everything. When in reality, no, you, you just made one bad decision, one mistake in this one area, but shame is pervasive. And shame says, no, no, you mess up everything. E- everything you touch just falls apart. Every, everything, right? Shame tries to be personal, permanent, and pervasive in our life. So the question today is this, with, with our time remaining, uh, which is going so fast, that clock is demonic. So, um, <laughs> right, here's the question you have to ask yourself, right? Write it down, what rooster is still crowing at you? What rooster is still crowing at you from your past, right? What sin, what mistake, what failure is still haunting you? That thing that the enemy is trying to bring back to your mind over and over and over again. What is it? Because hear me today, church, shame is not the solution. Sometimes back in old religious circles, it was almost like, I don't know how you grew up, I'll just speak for how I grew up, but at times it was almost like, you know what, if we can just make people feel bad enough, then maybe they'll just start being good because they feel so bad. No, shame isn't the solution. Shame got us into the mess. Shame can't get us out of the mess, right? Shame was never meant to fix what only grace can cure. Shame, right? This is what shame wants to do in our life. It brings you down, right? Ever ever noticed this? Shame is loud. In shame loud? Boy, shame is loud. When that rooster crows, he is loud. The enemy is loud, but what's louder than shame? The voice of the advocate. I love what scripture goes on to say. You see, Peter was struggling in this moment. I would imagine he hears that first rooster and that felt bad enough, but, but day in, day out, for the next few weeks, perhaps, as he continues to hear multiple, multiple roosters, he's just walking through this constant reminder of failure. I imagine some days he probably wakes up, he, he's feeling better than others. He's like, all right, today's the day I'm gonna get back on track. I'm feeling pretty good. Ate a good breakfast. I'm feeling healthy. I'm feeling right. And got some good guys around me. You know, let, let's get on with that. I'm gonna put that stuff behind me. I'm feeling good today. And he takes a few steps. He's walking. He's out in the temple. He's meeting people. He's shaking hands. He's having a good time. And then all of a sudden, bam, rooster crows. He's brought right back down into depression. Right back down discouraged, right, shame, guilt, it all just folds right in on top of him. But then one day changes everything for Peter. One day absolutely flips the script and everything has completely changed. And as the band joins me, we're gonna read it right here in Acts chapter two, starting in verse one. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound, somebody say sound. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from where? Heaven. Filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Church, watch this. Watch this, a sound came, a new sound, a sound unlike anything they'd ever heard before. They had never known this sound. They had never seen this sound, but all of a sudden it it shows up and, and catch this. There is the sound of your past, but what I came to preach to you today is this. There is a sound that is greater, even greater than the sound of your past. It is the sound that comes from heaven. It is the sound that comes with the Holy Spirit. It's a sound of grace. It's a sound of forgiveness. It's a sound that's full of power, that's full of love. Come on, it's the sound that the Advocate brings. It's the sound that the Holy Spirit brings in our life, and you get to choose. What sound do you want to receive? What sound do you want to listen to? I'll say it like this. There's a sound that's greater than every other sound. Why? Because there's a name that's greater than every other name. Man, Clay, that's good preaching. Will you say that again? Okay. There is a sound that is greater than every other sound because there is a name that's greater than every other name. It's the name of Jesus Christ. And we have the opportunity, which sound do I wanna receive? And I feel like, man, I feel like God wanted me to share this word with us today. I know it's water baptism Sunday. Many people are about to get water baptized. They did in the first service and it's awesome. We were gonna celebrate today after church. But I feel like this is the word God wanted to share with us because there are some of you And you come to church on the weekends and you feel good. I mean, the worship was good. I mean, that message was great today. I just, I feel awesome. And I love seeing church people and always a good atmosphere and you feel good. But then all of a sudden, like a Thursday hits and the rooster crows. And what happened on a Sunday and how you felt on a Sunday, all of a sudden here's Wednesday or Thursday and the rooster has crowed and you are right back down into Depression. And you're right back down into that shame, into that guilt and, and all that because that's what the enemy does. And you don't have to live there forever. Most of us though, we, we don't respond to the rooster. See, that's where, that's where we mess up. Most of us, the rooster crows, you, you know what you did. You, you, you remember that time you failed. You remember that sin. You remember that wrong choice. Oh yeah, man, I remember. Oh gosh, there it is again. And, and, and we just walk away defeated. No, no, here's what I want you to do. The next time the rooster crows, I want you to respond to the rooster. I want you to look at the enemy that's whispering in your ear. I want you to look at him square in the face and declare to the rooster, what you say I did is not who I am. That's not who you are. When I am in Christ, my debt has been paid. My sin has been forgiven. Come on, Jesus Christ became what he was not, sin, so that you and I could become what we are not, righteousness. There has been an exchange that has been made. I am not what you say I did. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. Let me encourage you with a couple scriptures before we go. Nehemiah chapter eight and verse 10, it says, be not sorrowful, right? That's what shame does, guilt, It makes us sorrowful. Be not sorrowful. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Love John 8 and 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Now, if you grew up in church like me, that's a very popular scripture, guys. You can just keep it up for just a second, right? We've all heard that said a lot, declared a lot, preached a lot from the platform. Um, but, but here's what I wanna point out to you today. It says, so if, if, In other words, you are not free indeed unless it was the Son that freed you. You are not, you you are bound unless it was the Son that freed you. You are limited unless it was the Son that freed you. You are still chained and low unless it was the Son that freed you. So my question for all of us before we leave this auditorium today is this, has He, has He set you free? Because if it was the Son, Jesus, right, the Spirit, the Advocate, if it was Him that set you free, oh yeah, then then you are free. You are free indeed. With every head bowed and every eye closed. As you just listen to the sound of my voice right now, I don't know where you're specifically at with Jesus, but the, the bottom line is this, church, we all have an accuser my question is do you have the advocate do you have the one that defends while the accuser shames do you have the one that steps in and says no 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 i I took all of that i already paid that price that tab has been paid for do you have the advocate It would be my privilege to pray with you. I don't know where your relationship is at with God right now, it's a big room, a lot of people, all of us are probably at a different place right now, but whether you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you've never made that real honest commitment that you know what God, I'm gonna put you first in my life. I'm gonna stop living like I wanna live. I'm not getting this thing right anyway. I'm just gonna go ahead and surrender over to you. I believe that you are who you said you are, that you're the son of God, that you love me, you died for me, you paid the price. God, I'm gonna go ahead and surrender to you. Whether you've never done that or maybe. Maybe you're like, you know what? A long time ago I did, but truthfully, I am not living for the Lord right now. I'm not in a good place with God, but I I wanna leave better than I came. I wanna pray with you. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I would ask that you would just have, man, some boldness and some courage to do what thousands have done before you in this same room, and that is just lift your hand on the count of three so that I know who I'm praying for. One, two, three. Lift your hand, awesome. Hands up in every section. We all got our eyes closed, but man, there's hands up in every section. It's great, fantastic. Any, any, anyone else? 10 more seconds. Anyone else? Man, today's your day. You're like, man, I, I wanna be in right standing with God. I need the advocate in my life. Fantastic. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much. Church, why don't you just repeat this prayer after me, and then I'm just gonna share one last thought with us before any of us leave. Um, but why don't we pray this, man? It looks like a lot of people might be praying it for the very first time. Everyone say, Lord Jesus, today, I recognize my need for you, that you are who you said you are, the Son of God, Savior of the world, forgiver of my sins. Thank you for the cross. You died, shed blood, rose again to restore me. You are my advocate. You are my defender. You are my Savior, and I give you my life. From this day on, I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name. Now let's put our hands together and let's celebrate the people who are praying that for the first time. Come on and get excited, people coming into the kingdom. Now real quick, real quick before we leave, before I give it over to Pastor Carlos, she's gonna come up and instruct us about some water baptism stuff, but watch this. Why, why Peter, why Peter? on Water Baptism Sunday, it's simple. Because here's a man whose most notable failure was public denial. But you keep reading in scripture, Peter gets reinstated, Jesus comes back from the dead, meets with Peter, he is reinstated, reinvigorated, got new passion and new boldness and new courage. Boy, he's back on track with purpose and calling and he spends the rest of his days helping people publicly profess Jesus. Went from publicly denying to now not just himself, but others publicly professing Jesus. Boy, that's what water baptism is. It's an inward commitment that we have made, but we're showing the world what? I've chosen the advocate. I've chosen Jesus Christ. I've received him, his spirit in my life. The old is gone and dead. The new has now come. I am no longer what has labeled me thus far. All the sin, all the failures, all the mistakes. Jesus Christ handled all that mess. I'm a brand new creation from this day on. That's what it symbolizes. The old goes down and the new comes up. And I would encourage you today, if you've never made that declaration publicly, man, well, who are we telling, man? You're just telling the community of faith, the the, the church that's here today, and anybody watching, and if it gets posted on Instagram, all those people gonna see too, right? Like, you're just showing as many people as we can, I've made a decision to follow Jesus, and I've chosen the advocate in my life. So Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you're the advocate. Lift shame off of us in Jesus' name. It has no place. It has no authority over our life. God, you died for it. You covered it. God, you've redeemed us and you've restored us. Lord, we love you. Thank you for defending us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the encouragement that your Holy Spirit brings. We love you and it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. Thank you so much, church. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.